0: and welcome to the Elysian Wine Club podcast where I, Samantha Ray, help you live your most Elysian life, one glass of wine at a time. I have over 15 years experience as a wine professional and I'm a certified sommelier. I am here to bring you the wonderful and enchanting world of wine in a sexy and digestible way. I want to show you that learning about wine can enhance your life, your connections, and your pleasure. This is the Elysian Lifestyle. Hey fam, it's Samantha, and I'm coming at you with a new and another episode. This episode is a special one, and I'm so pumped on this because this is like the verbal guide to the physical wine shopping guide for the modern drinker, which I have just released. Um, So, this is meant to enhance the experience with this wine shopping guide that I have created. So to get yours, go to my website, elysianwineclub.com. And you just scroll down on the homepage and you'll see a section to get your free wine shopping guide. Now, you might be wondering why I'm doing a free wine shopping guide. So this is, I guess, twofold. First of all, you know, I've been, I've just started the Elysian Wine Club. I want to get the community going. So you join my email lists um, when you get this guide, but it's it really, and like, come on, you want to be on this email list. If you're interested in wine, um, I'm going to have cool recommendations, some musings about wine, any upcoming events and classes that I do in the new year. So you're going to want to be on it anyways, and you get this free wine shopping guide. Um, I will, I haven't prefaced yet, so I'm just going to back up and say I'm sick, so this is not waiting for me to get better, I am just doing this, if my I sound a little congested, I am, but I'm going with it anyways, hopefully it's not too annoying. So yes, Alicia Wine Club shopping guide, so go and get yours on the website, also the link is in my bio, it'll be in the show notes, like it'll be easy to find wherever you go. So grab yours and follow along while we go. If you're driving or something else, that's fine. Just like listen to it now, go grab yours later, etc., etc. That'll still be good. Okay, so let's dive in here. So first things first, the Elysian Wine Club shopping guide. So I'm saying it's the modern drinker's best friend, which I really do believe it is. So what I really tried to create here was... Um, what I wish existed when I was first getting into my wine, loving drinking journey, learning journey. Now, um, you know, I remember starting out and I remember just like, I bought like a couple beginner wine books and I knew a few wines that I want to try or, and, you know, I just started trying different wines and trying to reference the book. And it was just like, I didn't feel super confident going into the wine store. Um, You know, if I did find something, somebody nice, I would chat to them. But I really like there was, there was blogs to follow or Instagram accounts at that time, barely (laughs) aging myself Uh, or like textbooks. So This is really meant to just be that bridge between um, this isn't a a textbook or like an official wine book, but this is like a shopping guide that is actually like 25 pages long. So I'm giving a ton of information away free here. I mean, of course, I'm not reinventing the wheel as far as like you can find some of this information in this book or that book or that section of the internet, etc, etc. But this is really meant to bring really pertinent wine information, basic wine information, as it relates to your taste and shopping for wines. So um, if this is your first podcast that you're listening to um, of mine, which I assume it will be some people's first, um, you heard a little in my intro, but I've been in this profession um, in, as a wine professional for over 15 years now. Um, so I became a fully certified sommelier. So just, you know, fancy word for when you complete an accredited wine certification. And then I've had like a myriad of wine jobs. So wine shop floors to the depths of wineries, like cleaning tanks, filling bottles to private education or leading large seminars. I've literally done it all. So, like I said, this is this little document I've actually been working really hard on um, for almost a few months now is really what I wish existed when I started my journey. So it's meant to answer some specific questions. Sorry, I'm just taking a little break there. Um, How much do I need to spend to get a decent quality wine? Why does wine cost the way it does? What does organic mean how about biodynamics or certified sustainable how do i find out what i like and then how do i talk about it confidently how do i find other wines that i might like depending on my palate or my mood i'm making x for maybe a date who's coming over tonight what do i pair with it or maybe i'm just sick of the same thing all the time and how do i find something unique to bring to my friend's dinner party So these are the types of questions that this guide is, you know, attempting to answer. And I believe it's a pretty darn good attempt. So, you know, that being said, this isn't just like a one-stop quick shop. I mean, it is a one-stop shop. It's not a one-stop quick shop for like, here's my top 10 wines you should just go buy. Because everybody's doing that. You can go and find any wine influence on the wine influencer on the internet uh who's gonna tell you uh here's my well it's 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 American Thanksgiving right now when I'm I'm recording this episode so there's just like so many like here's my top three wines for our and there's nothing wrong with that so I, I shouldn't get too, but this is not to no, this is not meant to be that this is meant to have some depth okay so there's like there's some stuff you're going to have to read through. Like, it's not, like, it's fun. But I'm saying, like, there's some, like, there's, like, richness to this. And if you dive into this, it's really going to help you out with wine language and wine confidence, which is really the point. So, okay, let's, I'm just going to set the tone uh with what to expect. And then just, like, a little bit more encouragement before I go through the guide. So, again, right? go grab the guide if you are sitting if you're not driving and you can be hands-free you should uh, definitely go and grab it as I go through this so we're going to start with a little housekeeping here so we're going to set the tone what to expect and like a little bit of encouragement so first things first this is I really want to drive this home well there's like all the things I say in this section I really want to drive home right these are like things to note the world of wine is so huge. you can spend your whole entire life learning about it if you wanted to, <laughs> like I am still learning fifteen plus years as a wine professional, and I still feel like I know nothing um, that being said uh I've spent a fair amount of years learning about this in a lot of different uh a lot of different situations in the wine world, so I am qualified <laughs> to um to really share this with you and to be your coach your guide through this journey with wine um, but there's still so much I don't know so let's not get caught up why. what why whoop, whoop, whoop. let's not get caught up but what we don't know so we're going to focus on what you do know so even if that's just the name of the grape of one of your favorite wines I you know you say I just know because I get this all the time you guys in classes, I just love this wine. Maybe it's ex Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand. But what else would I like that's similar to this, right? So we're just going to focus on the things that you do know and jump off from there. We're going to take that. We're going to add in some terminology, some simple wine knowledge, and then get shopping for other wines that might suit your palate. your liking your mood. So focusing on what we do know, that's number one. And not worrying about what we don't know, because we're going to get there. Second of all, so, and if this is your first podcast with me, um, you don't know yet, but you will know. And if you have listened to all the podcasts, thank you, everybody. Um, I talk about the, the idea of curiosity, the energy of curiosity when we come at learning about anything, right? So the opposite is this like frustration confusion embarrassment right these feelings so if what i'm trying to say is that if the opposite of the of curious so if we're coming at learning at wine with you know you're expecting to be confused you're expecting to be um like either embarrassed or um what's it, like confused frustrated then you're going to feel those things. So instead, we're going to forget about that. You know, you, there's still going to be moments you'll be a little confused. You might get a little frustrated, but here's the thing. If we come at it with the energy of curiosity, so much more is possible. Well, what if I do like it? What if I, I don't understand that label, but what if I buy it and I let my intuition guide if I like it or not and I and therein lies something very interesting when it comes to wine is the idea of intuition I think there's a way in which wine there I know there is a way in which wine education um, has so often hmm, not it does not encourage listening to your intuition it's well, what does the tasting notes on the back of the bottle say? Oh, but this wine professional said this tasted like black currants and leather and horse's hair. Like, uh, why am I not smelling that? You know, the wine industry has posi- positioned itself in that, um, you know, we just don't, we, we're not supposed to listen to ourselves. I'm kind of tripping over my words here, but it's it's on purpose because I'm trying to articulate uh, the fact that I want you to listen to your intuition, if I say something tastes like something on the page and it doesn't taste like that to you, that's okay. Hey, sorry, oops, got cut off there um but just to, just to go right back into that, it is okay uh what you like and what you taste is your journey so um I'm going to help you guide guide you on that um just with years and a myriad of experience uh but it's your journey so just one other thing to remember, you know, as you go through this and you start trying new wines, you're not going to love every wine you try, right? But I I can't promise you that. <laughs> but I can promise you that the like by going through this, it will help you and explore and discover new wines. You'll have new experiences and it'll give you just that little bit of confidence. So I mean... To win win. Just go go and grab yours. Um and then also please, we're gonna we're gonna jump into it now here, but Um, please, I am like, I I, I thrive off of your feedback, your comments, your questions, your concerns, Um, a typo I missed. (laughs) Um, I get like, I'm like one of those people who just like get really inspired and create, 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 create. And then I love to like just put out. So um, there's gonna be, I'm sure there'll be mistakes, but this also is not about perfection. It is about professionalism, but it's not about perfection. So um, I'm sure that, I will adjust this guide, I don't know, maybe every month, right? As I get talking to, I really want to talk to all of you. And if it's helpful, like hopefully it is. I mean, I have this grandiose idea that I've made this helpful tool and um, it's yet to be seen. So please share with me. (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's get into it. So I kind of start the guide off with uh, this like nitty gritty around pricing and money. So as much as this meant this guide is or as meant as much as this is meant to guide you, I'm not gonna prescribe what you should spend, right? That's entirely up to you. It's your budget, your it's your life. But what I'm gonna do is tell you uh and give you an idea of what goes into a price of wine, right? So then you can decide, you know, where what you wanna spend, uh what's important to you. Uh so the two So two things I want to say about that before we go into like kind of the generalization of what goes into price points in wine is one, a higher price point isn't going to mean you're, you'll like the wine more, but it usually means better quality. So if you're, you know, if you drink, I don't know, let's say like I have some, let's say I have some go-to $16 Sixteen to nineteen dollar, a couple of French Reds I like, um, for, and say that's your go to for your kind of everyday dinner wine, just whatever. And then, uh, somebody brings over some rare hundred and twenty dollar wine. That's not going to taste like anything. Like everyday wines taste like really so that's just only one example of why price doesn't mean you're going to like the wine more. Uh, But in general, without talking about um, like brand recognition or wineries that have become really famous and you pay for their name, a higher price point usually means better quality, but doesn't mean you're gonna like it more. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. So that being said, you absolutely, the, the, the second part to that is you absolutely do not need to be spend 40 plus dollars on your wine, but you'll see below. So that's why I kind of say in the guide, you'll see below in the, in the explanation below why your $9 wine may, might not be the best choice, right? So, okay. To answer that, I'm going to get into this, these two sections. So remember here, these are generalizations and it's on purpose. This is to give you an idea of the factors that may affect a wine's price and in general do, but there's always plenty exceptions to the rules, right? Okay. So like, I'm not like dying on this hill. This is just a generalization of like low price point. Okay. So when we're spending, I put zero to $15 on this, on the guide, That's going to depend on your country, the taxation. So I'm, I, most of you are going to know me from here. I'm from Canada. Um, I do see a couple of sneaky listeners from the U S on my analytics. So, you know, we pay a lot more in Canada on tax on liquor. So, you know, I'm I'm not super familiar with the U S wine market right now, but, uh, I, there's plenty of $15 wines in the U.S. that are very good quality. So I'm kind of going off Canada, but if you're in the U.S., you could like, I don't know, take off five or six bucks to that, <laughs> and, then, and that might be your benchmark. But anyways, I digress. Okay, so light, lower price point. <clears throat> so what goes into like a wine that's like somewhere from zero? Okay, I'm actually just, I'm going to give it a little pause here. Oh my gosh, sorry guys, I just had to clear my throat because I am sick, that's what you get when I'm doing a podcast while I'm sick, but we're going for with it anyways, hopefully you still love me, <laughs> okay, um, lower price point, zero to fifteen dollars, so in general, when you're spending here, like nine, ten, twelve, once we start getting to fifteen bucks, you're like... Uh, you you can get some quality wines, but like below that number, we're looking at things like cheap labor costs, right? So like machine automation, often lower quality of grapes due to excessive use of like pesticides or herbicides, right? We're we're, we're basically thinking about what are all the ways we can take away human labor or have cheap human labor to do all of these really important uh, jobs to sort of make these bigger bulk wines right so I'm not saying that that's always the truth but I'm saying lower price point is usually bulk wine and we're cutting costs right so additives used in the winery also to correct like poor farming or poor weather conditions but we're really thinking automation here right big branded wines so again if that's i'm not i'm i'm not going to say just drink whatever wine you want to drink but that's the reality right okay so moving on higher price point i'm doing like this 20 25 plus we're looking in general at more a more hands-on approach so real people less machines quality more quality farming practices they may have some more sustainability measures in place etc etc which cost money it might um, drive the price of the wine up a little bit uh you know it might in- that might include organics or biodynamics uh the price might be reflective of the hard labor because of the difficult climates or the vineyards re- require more hands on work so you know you can kind of see the contrast here right it's it's i always um I always liken this to like the food industry right there is like if you're buying seven dollar copper moon it's like I will I will say this. that is like the McDonald's of wine right so and I'm not condemning a lot but big big brands like that like you're getting pretty altered juice it's maybe wine um maybe you'll wine based (laughs) I'm getting a little controversial here but um there is so when I like, you know, like in the food industry, there's the M- McDonald's and there's farm to table and then there's everything in between and you get to choose where you sit on that spectrum and that is up to you. Uh, but that is the spectrum, right? A few other things that we think about. Now again, this is getting a little bit geeky, but when we're thinking about a price of a wine, we're like I mentioned before, taxes. We're thinking about taxation and we're thinking about transport. So how how far did that have to come to me? Uh, what was the transport cost? Was it from a more remote area and it had to go to you know I know it's getting geeky to multiple ports, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and then the taxation part is more meant to say like you know different countries have completely different uh taxation structures and markup structures so um i preface the us but like like i mean we i mean we can go to france and drink for f- you know 4 euro bottles all day long and they're incredible like it's uh it it's very it varies very much over the world so i am uh, this is a the, the pricing structure here is going to be very like north american based but I don't know. I mean, if anybody if anybody out there beyond North America is listening, um, message me and we can chat pricing. But I I just hope that's the reality. All righty. So then that's our little piece on pricing. Then the guide goes into the structure of wine. So this is kind of the next... Um, so the pricing and this point, they're kind of, this is kind of like the, like the meat of before we kind of get to like learning what we like, because in order to learn what we like, we kind of have to like, or not before we learn what we like, but first one, before we shop, we have to kind of establish, you know, what's my budget? What am I spending? Do I know why I'm spending what I'm spending? And then we're talking about the structure of wine. So how do I, this is where it's like, how do I find out what I like? Okay. So bear with me for a minute. The structure of wine refers to its various components. So all of the components that contribute to its overall taste and quality. So in order to talk about wine, we have to just understand what the elements are that make up the wine. But don't, don't be intimidated. Don't be intimidated yet. This is just a start, right, of the journey. We don't need to understand everything right off the bat. But the, the key here, we're starting to give language to taste, so that you can talk about it confidently language to taste so you can talk about it confidently and if you don't care about t- if you do, you know what i mean if if you're not in in this journey for this part like that's fine like just like go you know kind of get an idea of what you like and go through the guide and buy some of the wines but if you really you know kind of want to dive into this a bit deeper r- language Taste okay, anyways. So, this part is a little bit more visual in the guide, which is cool. So, like, a little bit more of like there's like quite a few like diagrams that um just put together things that are not just sort of like paragraph text. So, I will preface this is better done sort of in the guide, but sorry guys, excuse me. Um we're going to, so the four, I will, I will just kind of preface it here. So we're going to preface the elements of wine. So when we're talking about the elements, the things that make up like the body, when people talk about the body, I have a full body, a medium bodied, a light bodied, the body of the wine is made up by acidity in the wine, the sweetness in the wine, the tannins, and the alcohol. Those four things make up the body of a wine. So it's the interplay between those um, that, that describes like the weight, the fullness of the wine on the palate. So this is where, this is the where I have broken down sort of the world of wines is into the body of the wine. Um, I find this is quite universal. It's one of the most universal. Most people can uh, agree that like a light body, what a light bodied, a medium bodied, and a full bodied wine are. Now, of course there's everything in between too, right? But I really do find that this is a great way to start to think about wines rather than like a specific grape, um, or a, I like wines from a specific region. Like those are all fine too. I'm just saying, I think it's a really great place to start to say either, I really like this type. I really, I just, my, I really love light bodied wines. So like really crisp ethereal whites. Like, you know, these kind of things. Um, rather than, anyways, yes, I think that that's good. I'm not going to go too deep into that. So uh, we're starting with light, medium, or full bodied. Again, uh, the guide is has like a really good like visual part on that. So I'll go through that. Uh, on your own. Let me know if you have questions. But so here's where we're breaking it down. Light bodied, medium bodied, and full bodied. So we're learning about those things. You're going through the guide. You're sort of reading about what each of those are and some examples of each. So and then we're taking these. So light, medium, and full bodied. And then those are corresponding to the wines in the guide. Okay. So we're, we're talking about body here. So light-bodied, delicate, crisp, ethereal. So these are going to be mostly whites, most of your rosés, and very few reds. So examples of a light-bodied wine would be Pinot Grigio or Pinot Gris, same. Sauvignon Blanc, Chenin Blanc, like these white, and and let's say like most rosés, light-bodied wines. And then I have like a little description in here too, like when we talk about acidity, sweetness, alcohol, and tannins, what each of those mean in each of those categories. Um, Again, you'll see that more in the visuals, but uh, let's go on to medium-bodied. So medium-bodied wines are, if you like, let's really think about it as if we have light-bodied and full-bodied, what's in the middle? It's the balance between fresh and light and then some richness, right? So this, like I know this is elementary, but also I think it's like, I think it's actually like a, it's a really great way to think about wines and it it can be more complex, right? So medium bodied. So we're thinking fewer whites, right? Some rosés and some reds. It's kind of in the middle. We're getting a little bit of each category here, right? And then if we go down to full-bodied, these robust, substantial flavor, texture, lingering presence in the mouth. So we're thinking very few whites, very few rosés, those would be like exceptions, and most reds. So examples, sorry, I didn't give examples of the medium-bodied. We'll start with full-bodied. Cabernet Sauvignon, Malbec, Syrah or Shiraz. Nebbiolo, though you may recognize a few of those names of those grapes. So sorry, so medium bodied would be Pinot Noir, kind of a light red, Merlot to some extent, lighter medium to full bodied, Cabernet Franc. Uh Sangiovese, you know, medium bodied we could put um, you know, there could there's you know a few like Really dark rosés that would kind of fit in that category, right? So, those are the three categories. Uh, again, go through the the diagrams a little bit more. But honestly, I put a lot of info. So here, I put a lot of information in there on purpose. You don't have to. You don't have to digest anything you don't want to, right? So if something feels, but but. You could kind of start with the basics, skim it over. Oh, I I know I already like medium bodied wines. I like Pinot Noir and I like Sangiovese. And if you don't know what those are, that's okay too. But you'll get an idea from from the, all the examples I give in there. Um, then just go try just go try the wines, and then you could reference back. Um, this is meant to be a tool that's not just like one dimensional. I guess I mean technically, but uh, it's also a tool that's meant to be like. Uh, That's why I left. So we're going to do like the little shopping part um, and the shopping guide recommendations. And then at the end, that's why that's where I've put organics, biodynamic sustainability, conventional versus natural definitions, because it's only if you really want to, right? If I wouldn't recommend unless you're already like really into wine and you want to learn like read through all of that, study it a little bit. um, But that's more of like if you bring a wine home and it says a certified sustainable with like a little stamp on it then you can just reference back and be like oh what does that mean nothing you have to memorize off the bat or you have to choose organic wines or any like anything like that that's why I've kind of put that at the end you know I'll just keep saying it. it's a choose your own adventure so let's get shopping Uh, And I don't have, like, a ton to say on this because I want you guys to go through. I'm not going to give away all the wines, but I am going to do a video series where I taste each of those categories of wines. Well, actually, I will go through each of them, but I'm not going to, like, read out all the info on each of them. You know what I mean? Okay. So, uh, okay, so the following wines are just, like... (sighs) What I've tried to do with the wines is so take those categories, light bodied, medium bodied and full bodied and try and get examples that I don't think you've tried or you may have heard of or you may have tried a little bit. So I've tried. So if the you know, if light bodied wines like the classic examples are Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Grigio, Pinot Gris, Chenin Blanc, um, things like that. I've tried to give you wines that are very, very similar, but like totally totally different than you have tried before um that's the point I want you drinking cool wine I mean like like that's the fun of it right I mean I don't want you drinking cool wines but I do like we want to be drinking cool wines we want to discover new things like that's the point of this I'm, I'm not just going to say well if you like pinot grigio from Italy go try pinot gris from BC yeah you should but that's not the point of this guide the point is like Okay. So here, here, here's the, here's the qualifications for the wines that made it in here. So, so I think you should be drinking these wines for the following reasons. One, they're great bang for their buck. Uh, you should be able to find examples of each of these wines in the 20 to $30 price point. And like most of these should be in the $20 price point. Um, maybe a couple exceptions might be like a little bit more on the $30, but but there then if you can find it at the $20 you can try the $30 price point if you want to go up from there you can too um but yeah you should be able to find them um at most wine shops so like these aren't depending on where you are these aren't going to be like your corner store or your like gas station grocery wines okay like you're going to have to find somewhere that actually has like a decent wine selection but if, you know, if it's a a wine shop with a decent selection, you shouldn't have any issue finding these. Um, so, but anyways, let me know if you do, or again, like just message me if you can't find them or you want to let me know where you live and like, uh, you wanted a little more guidance to like a wine shop near you. I can try and do that too. So, uh these wine styles that I've chosen, I just think they're like a little underrated, a little underdrank. They deserve a little more attention, but they're really delicious, you know? So um just some cool things too. Uh and then all of these wines. I chose wines that go with like a wide variety of meals and food styles. So like nothing too like weird or niche, you know? So I've also, with each of the wines, I've also put meal pairing suggestions with them. So you can even reverse engineer this process, right? You can like read through this guide and you can try this one and then, but then you could be like, hey, I'm making like a rich protein pasta dish. Can I find that in the wine pa- or the meal pairing suggestions and then like go and grab that wine, right? You can just do this like a little reverse engineer with your food. So, uh... Yeah, I've, and I've kept the like I've kept the descriptions of the the food pairing general on purpose, right? So you know the style of the meals it goes with. I'm not I'm not doing these like nerdy, extremely specific pairings like I don't know, some arugula salad with roasted squash and pine nuts and goat cheese. It's like no, it's like a light creamy sal pasta or uh roasted vegetables with lots of herbs. Like like general things, so that it's not too uh not too heavy on that so as I mentioned um like there with each of the food pairings but I would just like wanted to give you a few like general rules of thumb when it comes to food pairing too because I know lots of people have uh yeah lots of people have questions about food pairing so I'm keeping it like my little note on food pairing in here it's 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 very simplistic um, and it's very easy, but it's, it is on purpose, right? So it might, it's not as complicated as you think, first of all, but if we kind of go back to this idea of intuition, right? Learning what we like, as you kind of learn what wines you like, and you start trying them with foods, it's also like, I want you to also listen to like what you like. It doesn't always have to be some rule, right? Um, but I am going to, I, I, I'm giving you a couple of rules of thumb here. And these are the, aren't the only two, but I think these are the, the two best places to start. So rule of thumb number one, like goes with like, so congruent pairings, okay? So we're matching weight and richness, richness of food to the weight and richness of your wine. I know. It might seem oversimplified, but that's on purpose, right? We're going to start here, and then as you get comfortable with flavors, you're going to use your intuition to play around with other things that'll be maybe a little more complementary, you know? Um, So like if we're looking at like goes with like matching the food and the wine, right? We're going to light acidic summer salad, light crisp white or rosé, again i know it's simple but it it works like i'm telling you it works and it's a great kind of cheat way not cheat way but it's a great way to like if you know friends like making a bunch of light beautiful summer appetizer salads bring a nice light wine okay and then and then again in the opposite right? like like i mentioned a rich uh protein tomato pasta you're going to just like do a rich rich red, um, with, like, a rich food. Now, again, oversimplification, I know, but we're, but we're starting here, we're starting here, and then the second rule of thumb is what grows together goes together. I don't know if you hear wine people say this a lot, it's kind of like, but it's just, you know, gets a little annoying sometimes, because it's like, yeah, but anyways, I digress. Um, it, it really works. I'm just like trailing off here with thoughts now. (laughs) So this is a really great place to start too, if you're feeling stumped. So when what grows together goes together. So really like, you know, what, you know, if you're buying a wine from a certain region or country, what is that regional, um, cuisine? And like, again, not super specific, but like if you're having Italian pasta with red sauce, like get a, like Get an Italian red wine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guarantee you, you'll be good. Like, and same thing. You're making like maybe you're getting real fancy. You're doing like a French beef bourguignon. Go grab a French red. Like this is this, it 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 really does work very well. It's a great place to start. And it's again, these are just places for you to start. Like be confident in that. Be like, okay, I'm having friends over and I'm making a French style meal. I'm gonna get some French wines. Like it's it's fun. Okay. Yes. let's. Okay. So I'm going to jump into the wines now. Okay. So for the wines, I'm going to let you know how I laid this out and a couple of notes about it, but I'm actually not going to, I'm not going to go over every wine because I think that's the fun part about getting the guide, but I'm going to let you know how I laid it out, kind of what there is of each category. Uh, and then you can go discover the wines on your own. Okay. So for what I have is, so again, I have them in categories of like their body. So there's one, two, three light-bodied whites. There's a light-bodied red, a medium-bodied red. Well, one, two, three, two medium-bodied reds and three, four body reds. So there's some fun things in there and I think there's a little something for everybody. So I've You'll see it right on the top, like what the category is. It's the biggest, boldest at the top. And then, so there's like light-bodied white. I'll give you sort of the what the first example. So light-bodied white. So if you're craving Pinot Grigio, Pinot Gris, Sauvignon Blanc, or Chenin Blanc, try this wine. Here's the name of the wine. This wine, okay, you guys, this is a crazy one. They're not all this crazy, but I chose this one to start with um, because I think... It's just, like, wacky and cool. Um, pou de Pinay. So then, so it's a French, I know, it's, like, French and it's crazy. But what I've done for you is I've done a little pronunciation breakdown. Okay, though. <laughs> I made these up. Like, I didn't use, like, you know, when you Google um, and you have, like, the proper... I don't know you guys i don't know what those are called um I'll be honest, but you know how they break down the pronunciation or Google has a sp- or there's like a little Google video that they they speak it. I like made these up and how they made sense to me, so maybe this is super wacky, and like the pronunciation part i don't know we'll see, but I think I have put together something that makes sense to me um as far as pronunciation, so I hope that helps you. Um, I did test it on a few people, and, like, they did they did get it. So, um, it's not traditional, but I think if you just, like, let it flow, it should work. And then, I have where to find it in the store. So, this you will find in the French section. So, and then I have a little bit about the wine. So, I will read you this one. So, Picpoule de Pinay is situated in the Languedoc region of southern France. So, the dominant grape variety in Picpeau de Pinay is Picpeau Blanc. So again, that's not, you don't have to like, that's not a big deal. It's just saying, so Picpeau de Pinay is an appellation. So it's a, it's a region in France and it's gained popularity for producing approachable, high quality whites that really capture this like essence of this appellation of this terroir of this French region. So, one uh, fun, and then I add kind of like a fun little fact, the Pool Blanc grape, the main grape variety used in Picpoul de Pinet wines has been cultivated in the region for centuries. The grape's name, Pool, translates to lip stinger in octation. So probably referring uh, to its lively acidity. So, right, so this idea like that the grape's name really... Yeah, it has uh it translates to it this real lively acidity. So then uh I've put the food pairing. This is the the, the light styles of food shellfish, like a, anything with like a lemony pepper seasoning, charcuterie platter, summer patios. And then I do a little like avoid heavy vinaigrettes or or dressings or excessive spiciness. So That's like a little example of one of the wines. So they each have the kind of, if you're craving this, try this. Here's the wine. Here's how you pronounce it. Here's where to find it in the store. Um, And then here's a little bit about the wine and maybe a little history piece or maybe not. Uh, And then the food pairing. So that's there for all of them. There's some really fun stuff. Uh, One thing I did want to say about that. So I did put like which section to find it in. I would, you know, if you're if you, if you're having a hard time finding the wines, it's what I want to say about that. It's great to find. Not everybody can, but it's really great to find a wine shop where there is someone there um, that is like you're comfortable talking with. I often say to people like most wine geeks, like most people working on wine floors, like w- I've, I've been there. Like we want to talk about wine. We want to help people find wine. Now I realize that that's not everybody's, um, I realize that that's not everybody's, uh, experience. I, I know I'm a little bit biased because I've always been the one who's like wanting to talk to people. I know people have encountered, um, you know, snobbery and, Uh, just people being stuck up about wine or if you don't know that or you should know this and that's so unfortunate we've done such a bad job as an industry like (laughs) like making wine accessible not that I, I don't even love that word but anyhow if you can Find someone at a wine shop that, like, you can talk to. You have the language now, right? Like, I've given you the first piece, but I think there is a piece if you, you know, some of these you'll be able to find no problem on your own. I know, like, but, like, pique de pinet, like, it might be a little tricky, um, trickier to find, and maybe not every shop is going to have this wine, right? Like, again, like, your grocery store shops aren't going to have this. There are other things on this list, though, that they may, um, But I just really encourage you to find, if you're really interested in wine, find a shop you love, um, find someone that you can talk to there. It's going to be like one of your best resources, besides me. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, But it will be a great resource. So I've given you kind of some of the language. You can feel like um, you can pronounce it when you walk up to somebody and like you can just do it on your own. But I also... Yeah, encourage you to uh try and find a wine shop you like you like someone at because it will really, really help your journey. Um okay, I guess before we finish up, I mentioned at the beginning, and again, I'm not gonna go over this really on the podcast because it's 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 pretty meaty. Um, is the after the wines I do the spectrum of wine so like organic biodynamic natural convention sustainable what do all these terms mean when it comes to wine and how do they interact with each other so I kept it at the end on purpose like I said like you do not need to understand these to have a good wine experience this is there for you when you feel the curiosity right like creep in of like oh I have this label on my wine or I want to know i I want to try some organic wines. What does that mean exactly? so again, it's not crazy in depth, but like some explanations and then also kind of like a diagram on how they interact with each other right so they're not all of these terms they're not it's not. <sighs> Let me say this, a wine can be both organic and biodynamic and natural and or conventional and or sustainable, right? Like they can be m- many things and they interact with each other. So I've done a little bit of a diagram to show you um, sort of what can overlap and what doesn't overlap. Um, most of them overlap in some little ways, but that you know, that and that'll bring it to the end. So yeah, I just if you've listened to this, if you've downloaded the guide, thank you so much. Um, I really, really would love your feedback. So, um, again, I'll be sending out, uh, an email, uh, sort of after people have received their guide, just to like, see if I can, uh, if you have any other questions or if I can help you, um, along the way or understand something more or anything or anything. So, uh, you know I've I've really started this I've started this business to really bring knowledge in a new way. So I'm 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 also counting on some um I hope you do give me some feedback cuz I, I I really want to bring value. Um and again, you may wonder like why am I just giving this away for free right now? It's got so much of like some so much course material that I've done for years now in here is it's really just this like appreciation of like joining the community. This is a really great place to jump off. I want to help you. Um, And then I'll be bringing some more in-depth class or classwork, classwork, I don't know, but (laughs) classes um, and some fun, uh, some fun coursework and education and things coming up. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for listening. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast if you can. Leave me a review. It would mean the world to me. And okay. Enjoy the guide. Love you all. Bye bye.